Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am so glad that you've joined us. Wherever you're watching from, here in the Bay Area, around the world, thank you for being with us. Remember, with God and his family, we never really are alone. In the Psalms, it says, among the gods, there is none like you. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made. I will come and worship before you, Lord, and they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds for you alone are God. We serve an awesome God who does marvelous deeds and he can do them today during our time together. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, who fills the heavens, hallowed be your name. May your name receive the glory that it deserves. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth, here in San Jose, in every home and every heart, even as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God, you see our needs our daily needs, bless your people. Meet every need that they have. Show yourself strong on their behalf. Forgive us of our sins. God, we are sinners. And we humbly come before you acknowledging our sin. Forgive us of those sins and forgive those. We forgive those who sinned against us. We let it go, we send it away and we receive the healing that comes from that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Keep us safe, God, from ourselves and from the devil. Let this be a day of victory. For yours is the kingdom and we submit to it. Yours is the power and we depend upon it. And yours is the glory, we live for it. Father, glorify your name, amen and amen. We do serve an awesome God and we've come to hallow his name, to declare that he is great and he is good. Let's worship with Pastor Vaughn and the team. Come on. Amazing grace. 
moment I pray Lord that your spirit would fill every home fill every circumstance every relationship every need every worry every care Lord Father I pray that you would communicate your presence to each and every one of us Lord that we would know that in the midst of suffering and pain Lord there is hope and a promise and mercy pray for joy pray for laughter pray for creativity Lord we thank you God for your presence it is everything to us we love you we put our faith in you and in the mighty name of Jesus all of God's people shouted with hope. Amen and amen. All of God's people shouted, amen. Amen. Our, our theme scripture for the year was from Joshua chapter one. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I hope you'll lean into the reality of his presence today and that you'll know that God is indeed with you. He's as close to you as the air that you breathe. 
He is. And you know, it's really exciting because the smoke is moving out, which means that we get to regather outside again. That means you now have two ways that you get to experience service. The first is coming on campus outdoors for our outdoor experience. And those service times are now six o'clock on Saturdays and nine o'clock and 11 o'clock on Sundays. And you can register for those by going to our website at Cathedral of Faith. The second is through our online experience, and our online service times are remaining the same. Next week, we also kick off our new sermon series that I am really excited about called Stranger Things, Winning the Battle with the Upside Down. (laughs) And then, if you didn't know, over the summer, our COF Kids Ministry had a contest, a drawing contest, where they had to submit a picture of what they thought it meant to be a kid with courage. Now, it was so much fun. We had a ton of submissions, and all of our pastors got to go around and vote on all the drawings, and we did announce the winners to those this week. So we just want to say congrats to all you COF kids out there. Thank you for all your drawings. Yeah. And we also just wanted to give a big shout out to all of our COF Kids leaders. You know, every single week they put out activities and lessons on Facebook and Instagram so that our kids can continue to learn and grow while they are at home. Yeah, in this extraordinary season, I'm so proud of our pastoral team, how they've stepped up to find ways to continue to serve the church family here at Cathedral of Faith. And thank you, thank you for the way that you have supported the work here at Cathedral. It is a very unusual time, but you've continued to be faithful and to be generous. There are so many ways you can give here at Cathedral. Uh, You can uh, give through the website, you can give through the app, lots of different ways that we can give. And when we give, the first thing we do is we honor God with our giving. We recognize that God is the source of every good thing in our life. And we offer the first fruits of what God has blessed us with. We offer that back to him. And then of course, it enables us to continue to do things like minister to the kids and our food program through the month of August has already distributed $25 million worth of food to our community. And so all of these things are happening because of your generosity. I think about how the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church at Philippi, how they had helped him. They were donors to his ministry. But when he spoke of them, he didn't speak of them as donors. He spoke of them as partners in taking the gospel of the kingdom to the world. And At the end of his letter, he says this to those who have been such a a meaningful part of his ministry through the way they've been generous with their time and their talent and their money. He says this, he's confident that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I wanna pray that prayer over you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for our cathedral family, for friends, Lord, I pray that you would extend your blessing to them and you would provide for them. Give them everything that they need. God, give them wisdom in the workforce. Give them favor as small business owners. Give them 
creativity and ingenuity. Father, I pray that you would help them to navigate the season and that they would come out on the other side of this, Lord, with your blessing upon them, ready to bounce back and be a faithful testimony in our community of how you can bring us through and help us to climb every single mountain in our lives. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, we pray this. Amen. God bless you as you give. And well, let's go to the Philippines and hear what's been happening at Cathedral of Faith through your generosity. Hello, Cathedral of Faith family. This is Pastor John and Pastor Amira here at Cathedral of Faith Philippines. We just want to greet everyone and we're praying for you during this COVID-19 season. Uh, we're looking for ways to help our community and because of lack of resources, we can't really do so much, but through the blessings of Cathedral of Faith, we have been able to provide food and um, essential needs for our members here in Asingan and Kupan City. A lot of the things that we're able to do is also help in the community by going to prisons. And in the prisons, we provide uh, food and hygiene kits for the female prisoners there at the BJMP here in our city of Kupan City. During the season, we have also been the catalyst in gathering all the pastors in the entire city to pray for the city, the province, and the nation. We've done that virtually, and we hope to be doing that again really soon. So thank you again for praying with us, and just as we are praying with you, we will keep serving until Jesus comes. God bless us all. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor John and Pastor Myra. We're so proud of our Cathedral of Faith Philippines and the great work you're doing there. And speaking of Cathedral of Faith campuses, this weekend our online campus celebrates eight years. Way to go. Thank you so much, Pastor Daniel, for your leadership, for pastoring and leading and caring for our online congregation, which has been all of us over the past couple months. We're so proud of you and grateful for your faithful ministry. Well, King David found himself in a moment where he was socially distanced, far from family, far from friends, far from life the way he wanted to be. And here's what King David, a man after God's own heart, actually prayed in a prayer. He says, Lord, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely. We've been in a series over the last few weeks called Overcoming Loneliness in a Social Distancing World. And this weekend, I have a word of the Lord for you that will help us take this a little deeper in each one of our lives. How to deal with those moments when emotions come, when they rise up within us, and when we struggle with loneliness. And the title of the message this week is this, No One Stands Alone. That's what we believe. No one stands alone. Now, let me talk to you for a few minutes about emotions because every emotion has been created by God with a purpose. The negative ones as well as the positive ones. God created joy and happiness and contentment. God also created grief and despair and loneliness. 
But he created them for a purpose. And let me help you have a biblical perspective on what that means. Emotions are intended to be like a thermometer. A thermometer does one thing. It only tells you the temperature. It informs you. It will say 70 degrees or 100 degrees or 32 degrees. It just informs you. That's what God's intentions for emotions are. However, in our culture, and based on how we can live sometimes, we often treat emotions as if they're a thermostat. In other words, instead of just informing us of what's going on, they control us. Our anger overcomes us. Our loneliness overcomes us. Our joy overcomes us. And what happens is those emotions that God created, rather than just informing us, they start to control us. You see, God created every emotion for this purpose. They are messengers to show us the condition of our heart. And we have a choice when we have an emotion, whether it's a positive one or a negative one. Now, let me give you another example that underlines that. Suppose you're driving down the road and all of a sudden the check engine light comes on on your dashboard. Oh no! You might think, oh, I can't believe this is happening. But in one sense, we're glad it's happening because it says something's not right. You better pay attention. In fact, one time in college, I ignored that sign and blew the head gasket on my Gran Torino. You're supposed to pay attention to the check engine light. It's there to inform you that something's not right. You better pay attention. Now we have several options when that happens. We can see the check engine light and we can pull over and go to our mechanic and have them take a look at it and tell us what we need. Or we can just keep going and acting like it's not there. Or we could put tape over it so that we can't see it anymore. Well, the reality is underneath that tape is a check engine light that's still blaringly showing light to us that something needs to happen. We can do the same thing with emotions. Again, whether it's loneliness or grief, whether it's joy or contentment, they're all there as messengers to show us the condition of our heart. And they're there for us to pay attention to because there's a purpose that God has behind every emotion, including loneliness. And so rather than putting tape over it, rather than ignoring it and say, well, I shouldn't feel this, Christians don't feel this, the reality is in the Bible, emotions were strongly felt by everyone. Elijah felt depression, Jesus felt frustration, Paul felt abandonment. Each one of these people in the Bible experienced some emotion that wasn't always positive, but there's a purpose behind them. And that's what I wanna help us understand this weekend. The first point of the message is this, no one stands alone because God is with us. God is with us. Every emotion is intended to reveal something to us about who God is. And that's why when you start to feel an emotion, which instead of informing you, starts to control you and you don't know what to do with it, there is a prayer I'd like you to learn how to pray. And it goes like this. Lord, show me who you are. Help me to see you. Reveal yourself to me. You see, every emotion 
that's out there is intended to point us to a revelation of God. In the midst of loneliness, there's a revelation God wants to give us. In the midst of despair, in the midst of grief, in the midst of joy, God says, I wanna show you something about who I am. And so each of these emotions are intended as messengers of the condition of our heart to teach us something. Well, what I wanna do for just a moment is unpack and dive deep on this issue of loneliness from a story in the Bible about a man named Ezekiel. Now, in Ezekiel's day, life was very different than ours. If your dad was a carpenter in those biblical days, when you grew up, you were gonna be a carpenter. If your dad was a stonemason, nobody would say, what do you wanna be when you grow up? Nope, you were gonna be a stonemason. And Ezekiel's dad was a priest. Guess what Ezekiel was gonna be when he grew up? A priest. In fact, his bloodline was such that he was probably gonna be the high priest in Israel. Now, that question would never have been asked in those days. What are you gonna be when you grow up? Now, in our day, I've seen lots of pictures already of kids heading back to school. And one of the things they often put on there is, hi, this is my name. I'm going to this grade and I want to be, and we got a young lady who wants to be a dentist, a young man who wants to be a taste tester. Sounds good to me. We got another little guy who wants to be a race car driver. And here, Emmanuel, he wants to be a PE teacher. And then we have a young lady she wants to grow up to be a mommy, which in fact, I know her mommy. She's actually a pastor of a megachurch. All these kids, this is what I want to be when I grow up. But for Ezekiel, no one would have ever said, hey, Ezekiel, what do you want to be when you grow up? There was no option. He was going to be a priest. But we have a problem. Ezekiel lived in a city called Jerusalem. This is where he lived. And the reason was all the priests lived near Jerusalem because that's where the temple was. And in those days, they thought God lives in Jerusalem. That's where the temple is. And this is where priests did their duties. They would minister to God on behalf of the people. They would minister to the people on behalf of God. Life was wonderful, but here's a problem. The children of Israel were very disobedient. They were very hard-hearted. They were ignoring God. And as a result, God allowed their enemies to overtake them and they were carried off into captivity. Now, Ezekiel was in that first wave that was carried off and they moved these people from Israel all the way from Jerusalem, hundreds of miles away to another city called Babylon. Now, here's the problem. Ezekiel had trained all of his life. He had studied the scriptures. He'd immersed himself in everything to be a priest. But he wasn't in Jerusalem anymore. And the struggle for him was, God lives in Jerusalem and I'm in Babylon. My life is over. My ministry is over. My future is done because I'm in Babylon. But an interesting thing happened because Ezekiel sought the Lord and prayed that similar prayer that I showed you a while ago. Lord, show me who you are, reveal yourself to me. And it's amazing. 
48 chapters of Ezekiel, we read revelation after revelation, and the final verse of the final chapter of Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35 says this, the name of that city, meaning Babylon, is the Lord is here. The Hebrew for that is Jehovah Shema. Now, we've heard a lot of Jehovah's, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Jehovah Reah, the healer. Jehovah Shema means God is here, and here's what happened. Our friend Ezekiel was feeling loneliness. He was hundreds of miles from his home, hundreds of miles from his life, hundreds of miles from his calling and ministry. And here in the middle of loneliness, the Lord said, I am with you. I am here. Here's the important truth. We may find ourselves in a place other than we wanna be. But the truth is this, every emotion points to a revelation of God. Every emotion you could ever have, the purpose of that emotion is to give you a revelation of who God is. And the emotion of loneliness is intended to reveal to us God saying, I'm with you, I'm here, you're not alone. In fact, I could give you hundreds of Bible verses. I'm just gonna give you a handful of them right now. In Genesis chapter 26, we read about Isaac. Isaac was going through a really tough time. And here's what happened in that moment of loneliness in his life. It says, the Lord appeared to Isaac in his loneliness and said, I will be with you. That was the revelation that Isaac needed in his moment of loneliness. His son Jacob went through the same thing. In Genesis 28, we read what happened when Jacob had to flee his family, run away from his brother. He was all by himself in loneliness. And here's what the Lord said to Jacob. I am with you and I will not leave you. The revelation in loneliness is the presence of God. Now, his son Joseph experienced the same thing. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was all alone in Egypt. He was thrown into prison. He was all alone in prison. And it says, in Genesis chapter 39, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and gave him success in everything he did. The key to Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and actually everybody before them, in the moments of loneliness, the Lord is with you. Let me share with you a passage from Joshua chapter one. Joshua had been mentored by Moses for decades. Moses was not only his leader, was his friend, he literally held up Moses' arms and and stood there to, to see that God would do a great work through Moses. And now Moses had died and God said, Joshua, I want you to lead. And Moses is feeling, or Moses has passed away and Joshua's feeling isolated and alone. And what does the Lord say to him in his loneliness? The Lord said, as I, would be with, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's the revelation in loneliness. Let me give you another lonely person, Samuel. His mom and dad took him to the church daycare and said, hey, why don't you guys raise him? He grew up in the church. He was trained by Eli, the prophet and the judge. And while he was there, the reason Samuel grew up to be an amazing leader of God is the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. Story after story that has loneliness and it has this same revelation. The Lord saying, I am with you. Let's jump to the New Testament. 
The angel appears to Mary and says, you're going to have the son of God. You're going to have a baby. You're going to call him Jesus. And it says, the angel said, greetings to you. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Talk about a lonely place. Here's a young girl having explained to her fiance, Joseph, her family, her community, I'm pregnant, but talk about feeling lonely and alone. And yet the key revelation of God in that moment is the Lord is with you. This goes on and on. In the book of Acts chapter 18, we have Paul in a moment of difficulty and the Lord spoke to him and said, don't be afraid, I'm with you. There was a revelation of God. In fact, there's two passages of scripture in the Bible, one from Ruth and one from First Chronicles that many churches use as a call and response. The first verse says, the Lord be with you. And the next verse says, and also with you. That's one of the best things we can wish on each other, especially in loneliness. In fact, let's do it. I'll say the first line, you say the second. The Lord be with you. Oh, let's do it again. The Lord be with you. Oh, what an encouragement as we speak to each other about the revelation of God that needs to happen in every point of our life, but especially in loneliness. Let's do one more scripture. Matthew chapter 28, we have Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let, let me tell you why that's important. They had spent three and a half years with him, walking, teaching, praying, supporting, encouraging, and then he was crucified. Talk about lonely and depressed and frustrated, but then their sorrow turned to joy and he rose again and for 40 days they walked and talked and ate and enjoyed life. And then he says, uh, I'm leaving again. But in the midst of him saying, this time I'm going for good, I'm ascending to the Father, he knew that in that moment they would miss him, that they would feel loneliness. And what is the truth, the revelation he gave? I am with you to the end of the age. That's how no one stands alone. God is with us. That's why in the New Testament, Jesus is called Emmanuel. He's with us. In the Old Testament, Jehovah Shammah, the God who is here. You see, here's the truth about loneliness. Loneliness is a symptom of being alienated from God. I feel loneliness when I feel that God's not with me. He's not for me. He's not there. And the enemy loves to lie to us in those moments to say, you shouldn't feel that way. Just act like it's not there. No, when I start to feel lonely, it's a moment to press in. God, I need a revelation of you. I need to know that you're with us. In fact, there's a passage of scripture that I believe the Lord's given me to speak over many of you this weekend from Isaiah chapter 41. And I just want to declare this over you. It says, I have not rejected you, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Somebody needs to receive that right now. In fact, you know, I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out in front of you in a posture of receiving. And I'm going to read this verse over you one more time. Receive the revelation of God. He says, I have not rejected you, so do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.
That's the word of the Lord to us in the midst of our loneliness and struggle, in the midst of emotions that would seek to control us rather than inform us. And so the first truth this weekend is no one stands alone, God is with us. But I wanna take us to the second part of that truth this weekend. It's no one stands alone, God is with us for a purpose. There is a reason why he's with us. Let's go back to our story of Ezekiel. Again, Ezekiel thought life was here in Jerusalem. This is where priests live. This is where priests ministered. This is where all the priestly duties take place. In fact, in those days, they had a pretty limited understanding of the Old Testament of God being everywhere. They didn't understand that yet. They thought God lived in Jerusalem. But then when Ezekiel got dragged off to Babylon, he has this revelation that God is here as well. God is in Babylon. Now you're saying, Pastor Wayne, you already told us that part, but let me tell you why it's important. Way back over there in Israel, the children of God were still disobedient to him. They weren't listening to God. They were still hard-hearted. They were still stubborn. And as a result, over 10 years, in fact, to be exact, 13 years later, a whole nother group of people were dragged off into Babylon and they were in bad shape. They were struggling, they were grieving, they were angry, they were lonely, they were frustrated. And when they got there, they ran into Ezekiel. And they're like, our life's over. Jerusalem was where we're supposed to be. Now look where we are. And Ezekiel had a message for them. I've been sent ahead. I've already been here 13 years. And let me tell you a revelation of God. He's here. He's still with you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to work in you. Just because you're not in Jerusalem doesn't mean your life's over. Because God doesn't, just doesn't live in Jerusalem. He also lives here. You see, Ezekiel was what I call a forerunner. God sent him ahead to get what was needed. And here's the truth. All of us, we are all forerunners. You're saying, wait, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor Wayne? Well, like Ezekiel, we can think God lives in Jerusalem and we end up in Babylon. We can think God lives in perfect health and we end up with sickness, disease, cancer, physical things we don't understand. It's like, God, we thought you were over there in perfect health and we're over here. We can think God lives in, in happy marriages and we end up in turmoil and conflict and maybe even divorce. We can think God lives in happily ever after and we're putting someone we love to rest. Because we, like Ezekiel, can think that's where God is. He's in Jerusalem. That's, he's in happy marriages and perfect health and perfect relationships and kids obeying and everything going perfectly. And we end up over here with a, a teenager or a disease, or a frustration, or a death, a loss. But here's the word of the Lord for us. God just doesn't live over there. Just like he appeared to Ezekiel, he wants to appear to us. And he wants to say, I know it's not your fault, this sickness, this frustration, this struggle, or maybe it is partially your fault. But however you got to Babylon, God wants you to know, I'm here with you. It's not over. It's not finished. And not only is he wanting to reveal himself to you here, 
you're a forerunner and there are people coming behind you who are going to need what God's given you here. So you've got several options. You can just wallow in your Babylon, let your emotion overwhelm you and spiral out of control, or you can do what God intended emotions to do, to give us a revelation of who he is. God, show me who you are. Because when those people get dragged behind me into sickness or divorce or separation or frustration or bankruptcy or whatever they're being dragged into that I've had to deal with, God, I want to have a revelation of you that I can give them as life. In fact, let me share with you an interesting translation. The word Ezekiel in the original language in the Hebrew actually means this, strengthened in order to strengthen. Ezekiel means strengthened in order to strengthen. That's the word of the Lord in this kind of moment. God strengthened Ezekiel so he could strengthen others. And let me make that truth more personable. God is with you so that you can be with others. What you've walked through, don't waste it. What you're feeling, don't waste it. Your struggles, don't waste them. Your lamentations, don't waste them. Your difficulty, your overwhelm, don't waste them. God wants to give a revelation of who he is to you so that you will know how to be with others. That's part of your life message unfolding. In fact, let's take it a little further. The way God has revealed how he is with you is a good indication of how he's going to use you to be with others. You know, our tendency is put that tape over the dashboard. Let's ignore it. Let's act like nothing's going on. But God says, enter into that emotion. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling depressed, discouraged. You're feeling joy. You're feeling anger. You're feeling contentment. Enter into it and let God show you the purpose for that emotion because in the midst of that, God's going to use that to work through you. This is a biblical principle that shows up repeatedly. In 1 John chapter 4, we read this word, we love because God first loved us. So here I am in an unlovable state. The God of love, I get a revelation of him. He's the God of love. He loves me and then I can love. So I'm in his emotion. I have a revelation of God. He fills me with that. It goes forth. Jesus says the same thing in Luke chapter 6. He says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Here's how that works. I'm in need of mercy. I'm struggling. I've made a mistake. I turn and have a revelation of the God of mercy. The God of mercy gives me mercy and then I have mercy to give to others. God is with me so that I can be with others. Colossians chapter three, we read this next word by Paul. It says, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I sinned, I make a mistake, I fail. I turn to the God of all forgiveness. He forgives me and then I'm able to forgive others. Jesus himself in the upper room to the disciples said in John chapter 15, these words, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So here I am discouraged. I just found out Jesus is gonna die. I'm gonna be alone. I'm frustrated. And I get a revelation, the God of all joy. And he fills me with joy as I remain in him. And then my joy is full or complete or overflowing. Now, there's a great passage that every person at cathedral knows in quotes, but it's the same principle. 
Genesis chapter 12, we have these words to Abraham. Abraham's like, I don't know what to do. And he gets a revelation of the God of blessing. And the God of blessing says, I'm gonna bless you. Why? So that you can be a blessing. You see, every emotion, every experience needs a revelation of God to fill us so it can overflow us to move out to bless other people. We've been blessed to be a blessing. We've been forgiven to forgive others. We've received mercy to show mercy. We've been loved so that we can love. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 15 and lays it out once more when he says these words, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm feeling hopeless. God, how's this gonna work? But I get a revelation. When I have that emotion of hopelessness, I just don't let hopelessness drag me into a pit. I'm like, God, hopelessness is intended to point me to a revelation of who you are. And all of a sudden I get a revelation, the God of all hope. And then the God of all hope fills me with hope. Why? So I can overflow and give hope to other people. God blesses us to be a blessing. There are hundreds of examples of scripture. Let me give you one more. When Paul writes in 2 Corinthians these words, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I'm discouraged, I'm grieving, I'm hurting. God, I need a revelation. I don't let that grief control me. I don't let that overwhelmed feeling control me. I let it inform me. It's a messenger to tell me the condition of my heart. God, I'm struggling right now. Give me a revelation of who you are. And he says, I'm the God of all comfort and I'm gonna pour my comfort into you. Oh, I love feeling that comfort going all over me from the God of all comfort. But it's not just so I can receive it, it's so that, so that I can comfort others. Don't waste what you're experiencing. Press into that revelation of who God is. Let him speak to you, let him work in you so that you have something to give to others. Again, here's that bottom line truth. God is with you so that you can be with others. The nature of the good news of the gospel is withness. God with us, us with one another. Let's go back to that opening prayer that I shared with you from David as he cried out in loneliness in the Psalms. Here's the whole context for that passage. He says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. He goes on to say, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. You see, that's the truth. In this moment, we understand that God turned to David in his loneliness and revealed, I'm with you. Wherever you are, whether you're watching this alone, watching it with a family, God is with you. And whatever you're experiencing, God wants to use to give you a revelation of who he is. We run to all kinds of solutions. 
We try to find all kinds of self-help ways to deal with our emotions. We put tape over them. We ignore them. We think, oh, Christians shouldn't feel this way. The reality is they shouldn't control us, but they should inform us. Every emotion has a mission from God as messengers to show us the condition of our heart. There's a great song that our founding pastor, Pastor Kenny, used to sing all the time. It was written by Andre Crouch, and it's entitled, Through It All. The chorus goes like this, through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. What he's saying there is, in the midst of everything I experience, the purpose is to learn a new trust in revelation of who God is. The verse goes on to say, if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. It's those problems. It's those problem emotions. It's those difficult moments that lets us see, oh, this is who God is. The next verse goes on to say, there's been times I felt so all alone, but in my loneliness, in my lonely hours, those precious Hmm, precious, lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I am his own. Here's the truth. In the midst of problems, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of loneliness, God lets us know, I'm with you. Let me go back to that foundational truth from the word of God for this message. God is with you so that you can be with others. God wants to be with you, reveal himself, so that through that revelation, you can be with others. I put some blanks here because for each one of us, it's a little different. God is with you to strengthen you so that you can be with others to strengthen them. God is with you to comfort you so that you can be with others to comfort them. God is with you in your loneliness so that you can be with others in their loneliness to give them a revelation of who God is. You may feel like, Pastor Wayne, I ended up in Babylon. This isn't the way I wanted life to be. I didn't think this would happen. I didn't think I'd have to deal with this. I thought God lived over there in Jerusalem in happiness and fulfillment and joy and peace and all those amazing things. I I, I thought that's where God wanted me to be. But God says, let me show you who I am. Let me show you who I am. No one stands alone. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. He is watching over you. I'm going to pray that over you right now. And then Pastor Vaughn's going to come and declare a truth related to that about staying in this moment. Our tendency is put the tape over it, run from the moment, get out of here. And God's like, no, no, stay in this moment. Keep me in this moment, Lord, so I can see you the way you want me to see you and see myself the way you see me and give me that revelation of who you are. Lord, I pray right now, you know every person in every household, in every situation. For some, it's loneliness. For some, it's grief. For some, it's despair and hopelessness. For some, it's depression For some, it's frustration or sadness. You know every emotion because you created that emotion. And right there in this place, give a revelation of who you are. Let them see you. Let them see what you can do in this moment. Fill them in their Babylon with your presence, with your peace, and with your word. And Lord, for those right now who've never put you in the center of their lives, 
Their emotions are the center of their life. Everything's based on how they feel. Lord, let them know that in this moment, when they open themselves up to you, you, Lord Jesus, can be the center. And we follow you, not our emotions. We follow you and your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I've been thinking about time And where does it go? How can I stop my life from passing me by? I don't know I've been thinking about family How it's going so fast Will I wake up one morning just wishing that I could go back? I've been thinking about lately, maybe can make a change and you can change me so with all of my heart this is my prayer we're singing oh lord keep me in the moment help me live with my eyes wide open because i don't want to miss what you have for me we're singing oh lord show me what matters throw away what i'm chasing What a powerful truth. Keep me in this moment. 
let me not try to just get away from it, but let me see who you are. God wants to reveal himself to you. Now, my understanding of preaching, when I was growing up in Bible college and seminary, it's the spoken communication of divine truth with a view to persuasion. There has to be something we do. The purpose of preaching isn't just to get more information. Otherwise, we could keep doing online and be happy, sell the property, and just do this. It's about community and relationship. And that's why God has spoken to Pastor Ken about a very, very important new season we're coming into. Starting next weekend, we have several weeks through all of September and October where we want to gather in small groups through video conferencing platforms. We're going to gather together to discuss the sermon, to encourage each other, to pray for each other. And I want to invite you. Again, if online was enough, why do we need church building anymore? But it's not enough. God made us so that when he's with us, we can be with others. I don't know about you, but I'm longing for that place and that day when we can all be back together here. But until then, I urge you strongly, God has strengthened you to strengthen others. God has strengthened others to strengthen you. Join one of our small groups. And here's how you can do it. If you write an email to info at cathedraloffaith.org, you can write one of two things. Yes, I'd like to lead a group. And if you do, we're gonna send you information to how to set it all up and how to run it. Or maybe you just want to participate in a group. We'd love to have you. So write in an email to info at cathedraloffaith.org. Yes, I want to be part of the No One Stands Alone small group. We would love to have you. In fact, it's vital in this season that no one stands alone. You aren't alone. And especially if you're feeling that distance, that isolation, that loneliness, you need to sign up. I know some of you who are introverts, you love this season because you don't have to interact with anybody. But the truth of the word is you've been strengthened to strengthen others and others have been strengthened to strengthen you and we need each other. So please email us here this week. They're gonna start after next week's Sunday sermon or Saturday sermon, whichever one you watch. Pastor Ken's gonna be doing a series called Stranger Things as we study the armor of God. You don't wanna miss that series. And then for those seven weeks, we'll meet to discuss them. There's one other way that you can deal with loneliness, and that's by being part of what we're doing at Reaching Out. I want to share some amazing statistics with you. Over the past months, since the beginning of the year to the end of August, we have been able to touch 85,554 families, which is a total of 291,846 individuals. Now, get this. We have given out... 24,228,647 worth of food. What an amazing, mighty God we serve. And in fact, as you know, we have campuses all over the Bay Area. And through our campuses of loan, we've given out $1,543,905 worth of food. Shout out to our San Jose campus and all of our other campuses for all the great work they're doing. The reason I'm sharing this with you is we'd love to have you come down and help us Wednesdays and Thursdays from 8 a.m. to 12, passing out groceries. Even if you can only come for one hour, we'd love to have you come out. We do all the social distancing, the masks, the protocols, the gloves, the sanitation. But these are ways you can connect. Sign up for a small group or come out and serve here at Cathedral of Faith. As we prepare to go, I want to speak God's blessing on you, but I hope you'll stick around for the wrap where they unpack this sermon a little more so that you can make it personal. Let me speak God's blessing on you as we go.
when the things of life are hard to understand and God's purposes you fail to comprehend. May the Lord give you faith so you can see to trust his promises. May you choose to believe. The Lord is with you and he said he would never leave you. May you experience love with no end. May you have the peace of Christ that lives within. You are his. Your future is secure because he is with you. Emmanuel, he's always with you. Emmanuel, he is here. The Lord be with you. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, come on in. It's the wrap, and we are getting right into it. Man, Pastor Wayne just brought us, dropped a master class on us in terms of emotion. (laughs) And if you're here for it, come on, put it in the chat. Taking roll call right here. I'm here. This is Vaughn, Irene. We have Miss Crystal and Aurora and Ramel, and let's get straight into it. Miss Crystal, what stuck out to you in the message? Um, There's a lot. (laughs) But the most, like, um, very that struck me is that when uh, the story of Ezekiel. Mm. So God promised him that he will be with him in Jerusalem, Mm. but then they were exiled to Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. Mm. And um, to me personally, um, God is actually, um, actually promised that to our family when we were in Saudi Arabia, you know, very risky. But he was with us yeah. in the Philippines. We yeah. have so many struggles, but yeah. God was with us and even here. Wow. And so um, to me, like God was so, uh, is faithful. Yeah. And, you know, he just protected us everywhere we go. His promise goes with us, you mm. know, wherever we go. Wow, that's so, <laughs> so beautiful. You know, your, your family is such a gem here at the yeah. church. Every single member is serving in some capacity or has served and, and you've, faithfully serving, you know, the, the ministry. And I, I just think that that's so, what you've experienced in your family, traveling and then also being here. And then you're going through school, you're single. And just maybe talk about that, how you're feeling, you know, what is, what is your hope? What is your promise in all of that with, with the message that you heard today? I, I'm, um, to be honest, like, I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> I tend to cry very easily. Um, but... During all those like um, emotional battles, God like always put a promise, not just in my family, but like individually for me, like God will always be there with me. Sometimes I just hear that word and doesn't penetrate, you know, through my life. But then when that um, certain situation happens, I'm like, God. Yeah, Yeah. it reminds me. Yeah, and so, um, like, I just can't go over details, you know. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, God has been very faithful, and 
um, I'm just so blessed because we found a community, yeah. you know, just like this. It's not Amen. a coincidence. Um, God planted ahead. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, that Top Gun movie, there's that famous uh, line, you complete me. Right? I, I really <laughs> do. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in reality, God complete us. Just like your story, how yeah. God, no matter where God will bring us, and there's a time that we are, we just feel like that loneliness because in, we're in the place that uh, it's hard or uh, difficult. But God is there with us, even with our loneliness, that he is the one that will complete us, and he will complete us. He will bring a completion to the promises that he yeah. he gave you he gave us you know Amen. Amen. yeah just like how you said with that god completes us dr wayne said emotions are messengers that um, shine and show the condition of our heart and that loneliness is a symptom of being alienated from god it just means we need more of god just like yeah. you said well just like the thermometer uh dr and i actually use that like when we have a fever we use that right and then when the fever is so high we become delirious and we we just can't even think in the same thing with our emotion yeah. when we start because every emotion have a thought behind it. So if we don't check what we've been thinking, it, that just brings a, a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. So we have to be reminded that we have to ask God to heal our heart and to give us a strong and a healthy mind, to be spiritually minded so we can produce healthy emotion that bring yeah, purpose. Absolutely. Ms. Crystal, what was that statement where you talked about loneliness and joy? That, um, um, loneliness is much as important as, I mean. Yeah, it's just important as, as joy, joy, right? Yeah. So it being that, it, the, you know, Pastor Wayne did a great job of just saying that every, every emotion points to a revelation of God, yes. right? So the loneliness can can point to either community or to joy as being the antidote or the result of God working in that. And I, I really love, man, I, I think what stuck out to me as an overarching theme is that it kind of took all these emotions that we kind of say, like, will paralyze us or have a, a negative effect on us, whether it be loneliness, fear, you know, the unknown, anxiety, stress, worry, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of, it, it kind of put a separation in it and just made it, as, as it's, yeah, it's dismantled the power from those things right. of controlling us and that they, they don't possess the power to control us. Right. In fact, they, it actually, it points to who does have the power in our life. Right. There, there, yeah. there is a power that comes out of it. Yeah. You know, Dr. Wayne uh, quoted John 15 uh, in, this, in this dialogue. And what he does is he says that the world's about to go upside down. Jesus is about to die. And he tells mm -hmm. the, the, the disciples, look, you're going to be going, going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. But... Don't worry about how you feel. Don't worry about what you experience. Focus on me so that you can receive the full measure of joy in that going through all of this. It doesn't control you. It doesn't control the fact that all yeah. of it is going to give you this full measure of joy right. uh, that we talk about. And disproving those statements is sometimes like I, I couldn't help myself or, you know, that, that kind of like whether the anger got the best of me or the lust did or the, the impulse or whatever the emotion may be. No, we do. We do have power, we, you know, through Christ and through God and through just kind of navigating this more yeah. with a little bit more intentionality and wisdom, I think, mm -hmm. is really, really important. Yeah, and as Dr. Wayne also said, that God doesn't waste anything. Yeah. Nothing's wasted. 
And I think nothing's wasted. And I think that's so beautiful because when we go on our journey, there's so many detours that we all make. And there's that feeling of regret and remorse. And God, what if and what if? And I just feel like it's so beautiful that God's there too. God is with us in that too. And he can use it for good too. I think that's so beautiful. It's so encouraging. And it gives you hope no matter where you're at. Um, Our scripture for today is Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. And it says, I have not rejected you. So wherever you're at, whether you're falling up, backward on the floor or flying high. (laughs) I have not rejected you. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed or discouraged. It says in other words, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's like God's promise that he's going to put his hand under your your life and lift you up. That's such an encouragement for all of us. Amen. Cathedral of Faith, we're in this together. No one stands alone. Nobody. Look for those groups that are coming up. Please send that email in, whether you want to be a leader, whether you just want to be a part of a group. Stay connected. Don't stand alone. We don't have to succumb to the powers uh, that we feel are there in in the issue of loneliness or whatever the issue may be. Christ is with us. And nothing is wasted, like the the scripture says. Be encouraged today. You're not a waste. You're not a mistake. It's not over. It's not hopeless. In fact, it's it's never been more hopeful with God with us. And and I believe that God is writing a story for us in 2020. You know, and we feel that like the whether it be the pandemic or the fires or whatever it is, the economy, the election, that's that's just a that's just a detail in the story. The the great thing is we win. We know the end. We win this. And the great our best days are ahead of us. So Cathedral Face, stay in, stay locked, stay with the community. No one's alone. Stay in the moment with Christ and with God and with each other. Amen. 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 And as always, yes. it's a wrap. It's a wrap.